What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode eight of the Kind of Funny Games you cast. Stop that shit. Oh no, People, no, no! They don't even think they're downloading the same thing. They're getting it on iTunes. Like, oh no, it's this the isn't first even the podcast. They don't. They stop when you say that. It's like I know they're past uh, the first ever. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't know no, anything. They don't do that. They're good kids. I'm Tim Geddes. Alongside me are the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Shoot out. We're going to talk about some video games today. It's going to be great. Lots of video game stuff to talk about today. The, the whole rigmarole that we got to go through right now is... Uh, I like how you say we gotta. Like I'm putting a gun to your head or something. No, we like have Nick to. Nick is demanding this happens. You don't know the rules of the internet? I don't. Oh, I do. This is one of the rules. You have to do this. In the beginning of a podcast, you have to let people know where they can get it. Okay. Because you guys can get it at kindoffunny.com. You can also get it at youtube.com slash games. Monday through Thursday, topics broken out, all that stuff. Then on Friday, you get the full episode, or you can go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast thing, except for Zoom Marketplace, because they're haters, apparently. That. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if we can fix that. Okay. They're, they're upset at us. But um, yeah, you can get it wherever would, you want. Why would the Xbox-related thing be upset at us? That doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Um, we need an Xbox fanboy, because apparently I'm the Nintendo fanboy. You guys are the Sony fanboys. Sure. We need Nick can be the Xbox fanboy. Yeah, sure. We'll Nick give learn it to everything him. about Gears of War. Done. We got some fanboys. That'll gotcha. make everybody happy. So uh, we're gonna get right into it. We yeah. got a, a Patreon topic <gasps> because if you guys want this uh, the show early, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and get this thing early. Sure. Or you can do a whole plethora of other things like suggest a topic for this show, and on we Patreon will do it page. on Patreon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even, this person even suggested they bought it. They're like, here's well, they fifty bought- bucks. And then they suggested Here comes it. The topic. Yeah. yeah, so you can get your topics essentially guaranteed on the show, unless they're really gotcha. racist. Whoa. Um, then we that's we the one, might that's not. That's where do we them. draw the line. We might not do them. Um, all right. So this is from Ben McConnell. He says, "Hi support, guys, ben. my topic for the show is marketing in the gaming industry." I'm not going to read the the grammar issues with this. I'm just going to say it You're not in, gonna a, do the Greg in a way that makes sense. No, okay. So my topic for the show is You're marketing. Going like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. My topic of the show is marketing in the gaming industry, and uh, who does the best marketing in the industry? Oh, oh dear. And um, he's really nice. He's like, I'm going to change my reward tier so someone else can have a shot at the topic Aww. for the show. So shout out to you, man. You're a good dude. Um, so he's talking about trailers, and he wants to know how much trailers can make or break a game. They can fuck. They can dominate. I mean, look at Dead Island. Mm-hmm. Dead Island. Remember, it's hard now that there's been so many Dead Islands. We're up to Dead Island Two, which sounds oh. like there hasn't been that many. But then you realize there's a bunch of fucking spinoffs and other PC things and another episodic deal. Uh, remember when Dead Island debuted? That trailer was unlike any zombie trailer we'd seen in the video game industry. The, mm-hmm. the it was backward, backwards. The backwards one, slow motion. Uh, the piano playing over, intercut with the child being chased, and everything else like. When that came out, that was an IGN exclusive. Ryan Geddes had gotten that from Deep Silver, and it like it exploded. Like, and I remember when they showed us the rough cut of it. They're like, "Oh, we're negotiating this exclusive. Here's what we have so far." And we all watched. We're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. If this comes together, I mean, it's already fantastic, and there's drawings for parts of it. Like, if this comes together the way they're working on it, it's going to be amazing. And then we got it. It was. It blew up, right? And that put Dead Island on the map. Now, that said. Dead, when we finally played Dead Island, everybody's like, this is not, we're, you're, you're, I'm using a buzzsaw that's electrified shooting bees at people, you know what I mean? Like, this is not the serious game. But by that point, nobody cared. That mm-hmm. thing jump-started the franchise and made people aware of it, you know what I mean, where it spread out. And mm-hmm. this always goes, I always go back to this with, with the review discussion of Eric at, from Edar at the time when he did it at GDC and said, it's just about people knowing your game exists and reading a review. It doesn't matter if it was good or bad. People need to know. There needs to be that cachet. This mm-hmm. is the same thing, right? Like, if you put your trailer out there and you make an impact you're great yeah especially for something that isn't an established franchise like right. that trailer came out and like that to this day is one of the most popular IGN videos of all time 
because of like we got the exclusive on or they got the exclusive on that um but so many people watched it and that's the type trailers are important because they don't need gameplay like yeah. it, yeah, it yeah, can yeah, just yeah. kind of give you an idea of what the game is supposed to be like sure and uh i feel like a lot of people even non-gamers can kind of relate to that sure and latch on to it and share it with their friends and all that stuff and build that buzz about this game so yeah dead island was a thing before it was a game Right, 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 right. That's, right, that's right. very, very, very important. Same thing when, like, you know, I yelled out, you know, we need an Xbox fanboy. I yelled out about Gears of War. And mm. You remember the the Mad oh, World yeah. trailer? Like, that played in movie theaters. Even if you didn't, weren't a gamer, all of a sudden you had, oh, the Gears of War. That's some kind of Xbox yeah. game. Interesting. Same thing with Halo. Like, yeah. And I think that's the, the movie trailer experience. When you get a game playing footage before a movie, that's yeah. the general populace that is seeing this thing. And those, those theater trailers always feel different. They always feel way more cinematic and way sure. more, like... You're, play, you're appealing game. to a different audience, yeah. right? Like, you know, like it, Colin and I always joke around when we are about our favorite PlayStation trailers that come out of Japan, right? And they're now like, now with PlayStation Platinum Trophy support and like all the shit Colin and I nerd out about, but nobody in a movie theater yeah. like, has got a Platinum. What the fuck does that mean? You know yeah, I, mean? I remember there was a um, Metroid Other M trailer that played oh. before um, I tried to movies it, and stuff. And it was like, live action it was samus walking it was a fucking badass trailer it's yeah. like oh great that game was not that but yeah, yeah man i remember that being super awesome halo 2 the the first trailers for that were just insane halo 3 holy shit the halo 3 trailer was insane with yeah. master chief just walking like super long cortana just giving the speech yeah man like that that trailer alone must have sold copies of that game even sure. though obviously taylor so it's, sure it's gonna sell anyways but uh what about you colin I mean, Gears was the one I was thinking about. I mean, that's my favorite trailer of all time. I think that that Gears of War trailer of Mad World is was effective and was awesome and it was important because um, we have to remember that the, the context of Gears of War coming out very early in Xbox 360's life cycle and Xbox 360 was fine, but Xbox was a failure compared to, to PS2 and it was important for them to come out and shake things up a little bit, be a little more adult aim at a different kind of audience and I think they captured it with Gears of War and that trailer was, I think, not only my favorite trailer, you know, in my opinion, but but maybe one of the most, if not the most important trailer um, that I've ever seen for a game. So it, just in terms of its artistic value, uh, the revival, the the fun with the combined with Donnie Darko, the complete revival of Tears for Fears fandom, which was funny. As hell, <laughs> it was funny as hell to watch because I was I've always been into Tears for Fears and watching people just suddenly love Tears for Fears again it was like so weird. And it was because of Donnie Darko and that fucking trailer. Mm. Um, and uh, I think it was important because that really gears along. Halo was already out and people enjoyed Halo, Halo One and Two on Xbox, but Gears was that first next gen exclusive for them and so um that was an important trailer but what i'm what i'm what i'm more into is like i don't watch many trailers even for games i'm interested in unless i'm like really really interested in the game i don't actually ever watch footage of the game because i kind of don't want to i i consume things with more of the written word and screenshots and stuff like that or art and then i try to spoil it too, too much for myself and what's funny about that is that that's the way we always did it yeah. before like it's so funny like that's we're how old, old we are like like even in the ps2 and gamecube and xbox eras we really weren't getting this hodgepodge of fucking trailers. It really didn't start until Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still kind of consume things in the old way. Um, but, you know, some trailers... I, I really like the Resistance 3 trailer. I never forget that Resistance 3 trailer, the first one when they're on the train. It was all live action or whatever. Oh, yeah. The horns were playing and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like the air, air sirens. They get you excited, but I think trailers are in, typically um, deceptive. And so, like, it's not worth getting excited over anything a trailer is showing you ever. You know what I mean? And that's like something I try to keep in mind. Dead Island is a great example. Yeah. That was a that was a, a seminal trailer, expertly done trailer, and that game was not the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and that's like, and that's why you you know you got to be a little. The, I mean, like, and this is for the I think may, maybe the first time for the first time 
on Gamescast ever where I've brought up DC Universe in a serious sense and not just a joke. Like the blur trailer they did for DC Universe Online, remember? Well, blur, get the fuck out. How I mean. fucking incredible that was. And that all of a sudden everyone wanted to know about DC Universe Online and then they went and saw it and they were like, I'm good. Uh, like that's, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I loved it and there's MMO kids who loved it and DC kids who loved it. But like that trailer got, again, got it into everybody's yeah. head that it's going to be this crazy alternate experience where the heroes can die and da da da. Mm-hmm. And like, that got people so stoked for that, right? And, like, this is interesting to do this topic. Uh, we just, you know, pull back the curtain. Just filmed our The Order 1886 uh, review discussion, which you can go get on YouTube.com slash games. And in that, we were talking about, on Colin and Greg Live earlier in the day, talking about how the hype train goes and how, why, right now, why, in when we're filming this, before the embargo is lifted for the order review, why everyone's talking about this five hours of gameplay YouTube clip that got uploaded, right? And the reason being is because that's all there is to talk about right now because we can't talk about it because of the embargo, but people have been looking forward to this game since the debut trailer. And I was, Mm -hmm. I told the story of like, you know, my mainstream friend who doesn't play games and has a life and has a job that isn't connected to this industry texted me when he saw the original order trailer. He's like, that's, that's the one man. That's what I'm excited for. And he's like, that's awesome. But like, we don't know anything based on that. Yeah. So that's why, like, when Colin initially wrote, like, hey, I saw this for the first time and it didn't look good, people ripped him apart, right? Because for six, nine months, they'd been sitting there going, this is it. Triple A, PlayStation 4 experience, can't fucking wait. Yeah. And somebody's like, it's not that great. And they're like, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And that's why now and it isn't. nobody understands exactly what's happening. You know what I mean? In ter- I'm talking about, like, right now. Like, mm-hmm. like guys, at the very, very moment we're recording this, is people are so hung up on this one thing because that's all you can talk about. And that is so devastating to hear mm-hmm. a game you've been waiting years for is going to take you half a day well yeah. and, and the funny thing about that we're talking about that first trailer that e3 2013 trailer of the order which is an awesome trailer spoiler i'm going to give you a chance to turn it off it's not really a spoiler it's not really a spoiler at all but i'm going to just mute give a chance just mute it for a few seconds okay that scene isn't anywhere in the game i don't know if you noticed that like Good what point. they showed yeah, what yeah, they yeah, showed yeah. In that trailer nowhere in the game yeah so like what i'm what as far as i can tell i don't remember ever seeing them in a carriage getting out of the carriage with their guns out yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the like and like that never happens so that just goes to show you again why you cannot trust trailers but see i you know so like, i'm on a completely opposite side of you when it comes to trailers like i love watching trailers and i think that it's such an important part of the whole experience of the game and i prefer it when things like that happen when it's like it doesn't ruin the game that, it, shows it doesn't ruin the game thing. here's here's Plenty something that, that feels like the game like i remember the prince of persia the the second and third one their trailers that shit a lot of the stuff was not in the game a lot of the story elements that they showed that's not how the story went and i, I enjoyed that because it's like oh this trailer looks cool and it intrigues me but then i'm getting a completely different experience experience it's like when you watch a movie and it's like great unless it's a fast and furious movie this trailer just ruined everything because nothing can ruin a fast and furious movie um but yeah with the games like i enjoy that like that to me that sounds great that that is not in the game to me it's disappointing because i was actually waiting for that scene like that was an awesome scene like where where when did they get and there's a scene when they're in a carriage and i'm like oh it's gonna happen here or whatever and like it's gonna get shit's gonna go off and it just never happened to me it's I, i always find that weird because we're getting excited about a world but not getting excited about what we're going to get and I think that sometimes in movies you f- see like deleted clips that don't end up in the movie, but they're made and made to be in the movie. They don't. No one's making movie trailers or very or often making movie trailers where nothing is in the fucking movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like that's just weird. That's a weird precedent I think to set just for games where it's like, well, it's not in the game, um, and that's g- yeah, good. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I got I got excited seeing the order. Because I was like, oh, this looks dark as hell. And I actually don't remember as many scenes as dark as that trailer in the entire game. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, I think it's so... I don't want to say it's deceptive in that sense, but... Because maybe that was in the game. Maybe they cut it. But it's just... I want to... That's why I, I don't get too hyped about trailers. I get hyped about gameplay. And I watch gameplay. And that's why it was cool when we saw Uncharted 4. 
at PSX, it's like, okay, this is the game. And now you know that this is in the game and this is at least the way the game is going to look. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that that is much more valuable than the, the marketing hype that is that is the trailer. That is just designing. Like, you have to be confident enough to show your game. Sure. You know? That's always but, a great but the, I feel like there's an art to marketing. And again, this is me very, like, YouTube-minded and always thinking about this stuff. But, like, I love the when when someone's good at marketing and like good at selling their thing i fucking love that and creating a video like i love the idea of creating a video with the intent of it going viral and the intent of people enjoying the video and that's why a lot of times with gameplay stuff i almost don't want gameplay like if it's a gameplay trailer sure i want that but like i like the i love launch trailers they're fucking so awesome to watch just because they're trying to Treat it like a movie trailer, which just this is supposed to be an entertaining piece of content. Like there's game trailers that I'll go back to forever, every once in a while, just to look at and just be like, man, like I remember being there when this first happened and all this stuff, and it's awesome. Like the Zelda Twilight Princess trailer, holy shit, that was awesome. GTA, any GTA trailer, the Vice City trailer, the San Andreas trailer, with freaking Welcome to the Jungle starts playing. It's yeah. just like that just brings back so much good memories to me the gta 5 trailer even like that his part of his question was who does it best mm-hmm. and i i totally lobby that rockstar rockstar yeah. i don't even think there's a question i mean there. like and granted it's easy right i mean when if you they, got that if, money if somebody walked in and was like hey you guys need to market gta 6 we could probably get people to watch it but just the way they do it and make events out of like tomorrow at 10 a.m we're debuting our trailer you know what yep. i mean they have it and then they they in the way the trailers are cut mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the way those that debut gta trailer was cut with a vo and this from michael and everything i was like yes i mean gta uh, with rockstar specifically it goes further because it's not just the trailers like they got marketing down period yeah like Every bus has a freaking GTA thing right, on right. it. Like you go to E3 everywhere. and Figaro has all that the stuff. Paint and it's not, like, no. yeah, you know, money goes a long way when it comes sure. to that stuff. And GTA has money. But it's like, why does GTA have money? It's like a circle thing mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. they market their games well, which gets them more money, which allows them to market even better, which gets them even more money. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is so right where it's like, despite all that, like no matter how much money you have, like that doesn't make a good trailer. Right. And they have the money and make a good trailer. So it's like, and have a great game. So they, are, they have just the perfect perfect balance of everything when it comes to just pushing that product and you saw it when those trailers came out that uh stevie wonder's superstition spiked on itunes and then merle haggard's or no is it no not merle haggard uh waylon whatever the hank ain't done it this way uh-huh. song po- spike too yeah and they got power yeah you know that's, you know up, that's just that is insane like i remember going back to the trailers for a second like the first trailer i ever saw you were saying that like that it was really with the 360 generation that you know trailers became a thing that's because the internet video didn't exist really sure. back then i remember the first trailer ever i saw was a uh, final fantasy 10 2 and it took me four days to download and it was a thumbnail size little thing and that got me hyped for the game yeah um but like that was crazy to me like that was the turning point because it went from i can only read about these things and see sure. images which is a whole different type of marketing to now, oh shit, I get a video. And from then on, it was like every single time something happened, I needed to see the video right. of it. I wanted I mean, that. Was, that. The, I, you, there's distinct memories for me with marketing and video game journalism and everything else, however you want to describe it. Of like, I remember when I was, we, me and my friends loved Grand Theft Auto on PlayStation 1, top down, you come back, you know, from backyard wrestling, sit down and just play GTA 2 Interesting. and run around and blow people up. And oh, Elvis, and da da da. How long mm. can you survive? Pass the controller around. And when the EGM arrived, that was like, here's, here's your first look at GTA 3, and it was a screenshot ground level of the protagonist in his coat in the world i was like no fucking way like i remember like flipping out that like you're reading this gonna be the sandbox world you can do anything go anywhere and you're on it's three it's third person i was like what the fuck are you doing and this is a screenshot i'm geeking out over EGM. and then you jump ahead to i remember in high school um well not jumping that far ahead actually but just in high school i remember uh when ign i clicked through to look at their rundown of uh no wwf wrestlemania 2000 and they had 
they had wrestling videos, the entrances of the characters, and being able to click and watch Chris Jericho's entrance. Mm-hmm. And he had just been announced, he had just joined the WWE in August or whatever, or it was like brand new, you yeah. know what I mean? But they flipped his model from having him from the WCW games. And it was just like, I can't fucking believe I'm watching, the screenshot's coming to life right now, you know what I yeah. mean? That was the turning point for me. What was the first trailer you ever saw? I don't even remember. Um, it must have been a PS2 or a GameCube game, kind of similar, you get it yeah. off a of Kazaa or something. But like the, you know, to me, like uh, you guys are talking about how Rockstar kind of wins that prize in marketing. They're great at marketing. The beauty of the, the Rockstar marketing and Take Two marketing is that they don't really have many games to worry about. So sure, they like focus. like you know, Red Dead and La Noire and Max Payne. I mean, it's like it's it, there's not a lot of it. I actually think the undisputed marketing master of the last years is Sony, and I think that like you know the fact that they managed to re like just totally flip the script on Xbox. You know, and sell PlayStation. Oh, so you're and do talking all those about more like, than just the consumer. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, I mean, just like everything's marketing. It's not just a trailer. It's just the end result of marketing. It's like the way they position PlayStation Four, the way they revealed PlayStation Four, the way they talked about it, the way sure. you know that uh, they just demolished Microsoft. You know, and I I think that they actually don't get enough credit for that. I think that like people, it's kind of self evident to people that oh, the PS4 sells. It's a good console. It's a great console, and like, of course it sells because of that. But it really sold because of the precedent that they set. There was a lot of thought put into everything they did, you know, and like, yeah. and that that was, we didn't expect it. No, we, you we kept ta- waiting for them to fuck it up, and they never did. And they never fucked it up, and they still haven't. And that's like the most extraordinary, extraordinary thing, which is why PS4 is around twenty million units sold. You know, t- more than twice as many PS4s have been sold than we use with a, a year less on the market. PS4 is only four million units behind GameCube. You know what I mean? It's only been on the market for fourteen months. Yeah. The you know, context, like it's, it's incredible. The context yeah. there is the fact that you and I covered them during the PlayStation 3 era when they fucked up yeah. everything and they put out too many exclusives and they didn't market them and they didn't do anything. They didn't put up commercials. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, they ha- they weren't speaking to their audience. And then when they went to PlayStation 4 and they said, okay, we're about the gamers, for the gamers, developers bring your thing, da da da. That was a huge turning point them in terms of that. But then still now. For as far as front facing, consumer facing, mainstream facing, that's where they still struggle. I think I I, I disagree with that too because I think that they've been smart enough to not promote their exclusives because they don't want to and they true. don't have to. That's I true. think that they like hook it to Destiny, yeah, like they else. Destiny and NBA Two K, they're like more prone to advertise another studio's games just mm-hmm. to get PlayStation out there. I think that they're do. I that's think it's true. brilliant that's because true. the old Sony would have had the Order eighteen eighty six ads all over the goddamn place, but they don't, and they have like a commercial. You know. Meanwhile, like they'll they'll they have entire minute spots that they'll play during football games. That are two NBA 2K and Destiny, which yeah. are games you can buy in anything. It's a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that, like, I actually think that they've kind of identified, like, we don't, let's save our money for Uncharted. We don't really need to do that right now for The Order sure. or Bloodborne. I don't think advertising, endemic advertising is going to help those games sell. Bloodborne is going to sell by itself. Bloodborne, yeah, and not the that. And The Order is going to do what it does. I saw Michael Pachter talking about how he thinks it'll sell 5 million copies. I think that that's crazy. I think that's insane, but I, I don't, I don't, maybe it does. I mean, that would be insane. That would be. That would be one fourth of the PlayStation Four audience, but they're hungry, you know. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think that Sony is the undisputed master of marketing right now because they're playing the long game. It's not about like the final trailer. It's not about the launch trailer. It's not about that one day thing. It's been two years of consistency mm-hmm. after a bull, like just an abysmal, you know, yeah. showing for for years until the ps3 slim really came out yeah mm-hmm. from like the from like ps3 launch to but even though to, the damage was done you couldn't like turn it around as far as public perception. so i think that they're doing a great job yeah. that's true that's yeah. very true i feel like i've always been a sony guy like i'm a nintendo guy obviously but besides that like when it comes to the real consoles yeah um I'm real always, consoles. i've always been a sony dude and like yeah. i've you know ps1 ps2 and ps3 because of metal gear and a couple of these, like final fantasy games i cared about which final fantasy eventually came to xbox 
You know what I mean. Anyways, so the PS4 was the first time that there was the question of which one am I going with, yeah. PS4 or Xbox One. It wasn't really a question. It's like, I want to play Uncharted, so I'm going to get a fucking PS4. Um, one of my best friends, Alfredo, is a Xbox guy. He's an Xbox, we call him. Completely. And uh, he, he loves it, you know, and he's very happy with his Xbox One and all that stuff. But for me, there was a question of, I was like, eh, I still don't want any. Like, I'm not, I like Halo, but like, I'm not yeah, going to buy it. Yeah, you don't love Halo. Halo. And, um, it, it was the PS4 reveal event that completely won me over. And now there's a PSX and there's all this stuff. The fact that Sony like takes its marketing that way is so important to me. Yeah. Like, just because like they obviously give a fuck. And going back to the trailers and stuff, like I was saying, like I get really emotionally invested in trailers. And uh, when they the opening video of the PS4 launch event where it like everything goes dark and then it just starts off. And, like it, it, Yeah, they're the, the, the P. Yes. and then it was and nothing it goes yeah, black yeah, 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 yeah. that trailer oh my god I downloaded it I watched this shit all the fucking yeah. time it just gets me so hyped yeah. it was like together we ran we played we jumped I'm like oh my god I mean it was, it's it, uh, that's what I talk about all the time with Playstation 4 and covering it from PS3 to PS4 That especially that Switch right is that they took the advice uh, they never took colonized advice for the longest time and I was on you know in USA Today and stuff talking about what they should do mm-hmm. and like not that I'm saying I, they, they, they did what I thought they should do which they never ever do which was instead of trying to get bigger Turn around and focus on who you have. Yeah. And you have hardcore fucking gamers who love this shit. You know well, what I to mean? me, that was the moment that they they did what Nintendo always had, which was, hey, we have a legacy. Like, we have yeah. people that have grown up with PlayStation now. This is They're no longer just the new console. They, like, yeah, yeah. They are, PlayStation is a brand that people get goosebumps over. That people, you know, you can, like, get these nostalgic feelings out of people in the same way you could for Nintendo. And, like, that event to me was like, okay, sold. Like, bought the PS4 as soon as it... Yeah. Came out. And yeah, like, yeah, I need this. And then they, re- you know, they put out the 20th anniversary edition. They know put what out they're doing. Merch. They put yeah. out this. They have the PlayStation experience. Yeah, they yeah, get they it. They get it now. It's it's amazing how they've turned it around. Although we have to give it up. We have to give it to Microsoft for letting them do that because Microsoft. It was Microsoft's race to lose, and they just totally fucked it up. Like I, I, I had never seen anything like it. Like no matter how Sony, how well Sony did, Microsoft just needed to do well. Yeah. And they just, just killed themselves. They just killed themselves. I'll never forget that. You know, now, like, now they're trying. They're back on track. No, they are, so, but so, it's because of different leadership yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Don Matrick was just not the right man for that job, and and like the, you know, and now he's over at Zynga, and Zynga's you know tanking too. But the, you know, the whole like I, I'll never. I, one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time. Not that I have a deep understanding of the YouTube ecosystem or anything like that, but one of my favorite YouTube videos is the video gamer. Uh, video gamer does these awesome like spoof spoofs of um of press conferences and they did a really good one with sony member drive club when they yeah, guys yeah, like yeah. obsessing over the leather of the car and shit like that and they did one where it was just like they just got all of the mentions of his tv sports and call of duty and just put it into one like reel and it's just so fine it's all they fucking talked about yeah sports tv 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 sports sports tv connect connect tv yeah, it's yeah. like and everyone I, I remember i remember i remember watching that live and being like what are you doing yeah, yeah you know what i mean like oh my god and then at e3 they kind of screwed it up again and it wasn't yeah. until this last year that they kind of regained it with you know with new leadership and they get it more now but man they for as well as sony did you have to give you have to give it to microsoft they totally dropped the ball like they totally got picked off you know and i will give it to microsoft though that their tv commercials are on point like they're they're marketing to the general consumer they know what the fuck they're doing and it's like you can't watch a tv show without seeing some type of xbox commercial coming on sure and like so they're definitely they they're doing a great job of 
making every all the normal people that aren't like going IGN every day and doing all this stuff understanding Xbox. Like, if I was just to ask somebody who's winning Xbox or PS4, I think the general person would think Xbox if they're not a gamer. Yeah, they're in the con. I mean, Xbox is still in the consciousness and they're still doing great. I mean, perspective and context is always important. We always talk about that. If you take PS4 and Xbox One, combine them in their numbers, they're doing 60% better than PS3 and Xbox 360 did in their respective first years on the market. So, mm-hmm. That, that's an incredible number. That means that just generally console gaming is healthy and both console manufacturers are doing well, you know? But PS4 is still ha- hardly beating Xbox One, but Xbox One is selling better than Xbox 360 did at this point mm-hmm. in yeah. life cycle. And that's, that's all they, and that's all they could hope for. It's just, I wrote a story about that on IGN a while ago, you know, about like, kind of pump your brakes a little bit. Like PS4 is doing great. It's an historic success. But Xbox One is actually the third fastest selling console of all time. It's just that PS4 is the first best-selling console of all time at that point. I think I think they actually fell behind Wii now. So, like, context is important. They're both yeah. doing great. And if they both do great, competition is good for the, the end consumer. Um, and, frankly, Xbox has way more exclusives coming out, and which is weird. And, um, <laughs> and more promising exclusives that are announced. But Sony hasn't announced anything yet. So we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see how that all goes. Well, there you go. Topic number two. So I came across a very interesting thread on NeoGAF. Oh, the GAF! A user named We have a community thread there. Everybody should go join the kind of funny community thread. Fancy. Uh, By user Shinobi602. So the thread title was E3 2015 Predictions. And (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm going to click on this. I I was wondering what it was. I thought it was just going to be like one sentence and then a bunch of people saying stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But this guy actually made a bunch of predictions for each of the press conferences and then third party. So okay. Ubisoft got its own, Bethesda got its own, um, active or you know whatever. But um, then the rest is just third party, and there's like a fair amount of predictions in here. So I kind of want to just go through and then just talk about the likelihood. I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a game of I doubt it. Or I guarantee it. There you go. And uh, a little bit of Colin was right might be thrown in there. Oh really? <laughs> no, just, we'll see. Oh, you're just all right. Trying steal my, trying, to steal my, trying to steal my swagger. Let's start with uh, Sony. Another Uncharted Four demo with release date. Yes. I guarantee it. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gorilla's RPG gets a full reveal. Yes. It's time. Oh, I fucking hope so. I guess, I guess, uh, I'm going to say I hope so. I'm adding, oh, I hope so in there. It's time. A lot of things are time, Colin. It's been time for a lot of things to happen that don't happen. That that game's been gestating for so long. You know, like, you got to show it now. Yeah, like, you reported that, like, I want to say, like, literally four years ago. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't forget about, I mean, a lot of things gestate for a long time. That's true. Last card. They were busy with Shadowfall. Busy with Shadowfall as well. Gravity Rush Two announced for PS4 and canceled for Vita. Canceled for Vita. Get the fuck out of here. I, Possible. I, I, I doubt it. I don't know. I, I I don't know that that's a game that would be shown in E3. I think that's a TGS At, game. Exactly. That's my thing. There's a few things with that. I and I doubt it for sure. I would. I was with him. I was with him. I could kind of see it happening where it's also coming to PlayStation Four. But canceled for Vita. No way. They won't cancel it for Vita. Yeah. It will be playable on PlayStation 4, yes. And I do agree. I, I think it's, if anything, shown in a sizzle reel. It's not, it doesn't get its own like part. part. Ratchet & Clank for PS4 demoed with release date. No. That's not a game that they're going to... Th- I don't feel like that's a game they're going to put anything behind. I mean, I feel like, yeah, demoing it sounds a little weird to me. Specifically because, like... So what's the deal with that game? It's a, it's a remake, remake of the first one. A remake of the first one. Yep, for PS4. Why? why? Because of the movie. <clears throat> But why remake the first one? Because like, I, really I think the, the movie might one. be based on the first movie. I don't remember the first game. I don't really know. But that's, that's so weird. I'm turning around. I'm the like, way they treat Ratchet is I'm weird. flipping the script and saying, I guarantee it. 
Really? I think it'll. I think it'll do it. I think they're. I think they're fucking crazy enough to. We all know that they should have stopped doing Ratchet and Clank a long time ago, but they keep shoving it down our fucking throats. Here's I fucking. One, I here's love one more pot. Fuck you. But like everyone I, loves Ratchet and Clank. It's just how much did you play Offer One? No, but that's the thing. Like that's when it went off the fucking. Did you play Quest for Booty? Full yes. frontal assault. I love Quest for Booty. Like I loved the the three PS3 games that like the ones that actually I count as real ones. Yeah, were fucking great. Kraken time. Kraken time is the Kraken time to me is the only real. That one. is the definitive. That is the and best. Quest for Clank Booty, ever. and then the other one, um, Tools of Destruction. Oh yeah, Tools of Destruction. Wait, that was the first one. It was yeah, that tools, one. Then it was booty, booty. Then it was yeah, yeah. Crack. I love all three of those. Then after that, it's like those aren't real ratchet games. Sure, me. I'm just saying it's that they won't stop making spin-offs. ratchet shit. Stop making ratchet shit. Stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the PS4 one, but like the, I already beat the first one. So yeah, like, and they just released weird. it in the collection too. I, I don't, I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think that they're gonna give that game any airtime. <laughs> I think they will. I think they're crazy enough. I guarantee it. Guarantee. It. Mitchell Morgan. Not with right, the, right I mean, dude, predictions, Mitchell Morgan. You're missing out on all the the, the politics. Like it would be weird. Like inso- with what Insomniac did with Sunset with Microsoft or whatever. You think yeah. they're gonna give Insomniac time at their po- at their panel? I do. Or at their I think conference? that I think they still want. I mean, you're 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 not looking through the politics of it. You have they have a movie coming out that they want to perform as well. I mean, they it's not so much giving insomniac the stage it's giving one of their premier franchises the stage it's not i mean they maybe they'll have it out and for what you're saying maybe it makes more sense that they come out and show the game and shoe talks about it or mm. you know anybody else yeah, yeah i don't think it'll be like brian Algai or anything like that but maybe i mean maybe i don't know maybe they really don't have hurt feelings over it but i just feel like that's like I, a, it, that's a that's a political disaster. i totally get the hurt feelings i yeah but i mean i don't i don't think it's enough for them to say well fuck it we're gonna fucking sandbag this our own franchise yeah adam uh, boys comes out and talks about ratchet and clank Sony Ben's game will be demonstrated. Yes, I guarantee it. It's time. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that's for sure time. That that baby's about to pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, I think that game comes out this year too. I think I, I I think that that game's ready. Like wow, like I think that that game is is Ben has been so quiet for so long. Now, if we think about the rumors they were talking about, where they like had a bunch of canceled Vita games, and that you assume that's yeah. a year of pre-production, so maybe they didn't start till 2013 on the game or whatever. But it's 2015 now. By the end of the year, that it would have been about three years. Mm-hmm. Assuming that's all assumptions. But I think a, that game. I think that game's gonna be out. That was year. another gaff discussion, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the person was saying they. Yeah, okay. Rhyme trailer with release date. God, yeah, maybe. Which one's rhyme? I don't remember. Rhyme was one of those three games being created outside of the ecosystem that were released at, or revealed at Gamescom I think like two years ago okay along with everybody's gone to the rapture and oh. um what the fuck is the other one beast what beast is, mode no, what is that what is that beast <laughs> the um fuck I can't remember the name I was there altered beast no anyway I think uh something of the beast uh, it's not ringing any bells I don't know I, don't remember. I, I think rhyme rhyme's probably gonna be ready to go this year yeah alright it's possible and then unannounced things Yes. Well, yeah, obviously. Well, is, Sony Ben's game is unannounced. Is there anything unannounced? that you guys want to? Is he to going into quick? the unannounced things? No. It just oh, okay. says and unannounced, unannounced things. things. I see what he's doing. Um, unannounced things. PlayStation will do. I think God of War is possible. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to just go around all the ecosystem. I think Gran Turismo is possible. I think that they. I, what's weird is that so many of their studios are silent that now they have to figure things out. I think Media Molecule is possible, but again, you have to um, think about Gamescom as well. And so I think that with Ski's propensity to support the European studios at Gamescom and we'll have a more American spotlight um, at E3 and that's not necessarily always true but that seems to be kind of the way it goes um, you assume that Media Molecules and maybe even Gorilla's game will be at Gamescom which would mean that maybe Ben's game and Naughty Dog's game or not Naughty Dog's Santa Monica's game is at um, at E3 yeah and then you would see something like Gravity Rush or Gran Turismo with TGS right you kind of have to spread them out a little sure 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 the, sure, the, sure. the fact is that there's a bunch they like they have all these games that they haven't announced. Yeah, so... 
I think God of War. God of War for sure. Um, and then yeah, then you gotta start. Then it gets into the weird stuff. What about a price drop? What about a redesign? What about I still don't think they Vita? should price what drop. What about anything? I think they do something with Vita too. I just think that it's it's um bundle. Yeah, maybe a bundle. I don't think there's any reason to drop the PS4 price. Like people keep saying that, but I'm like, why? Why would they do that? They're still winning almost every month. Like. That, just a, a choice, yeah, yeah, but a choice like that has significant economic oh, sure, consequences. Sure, sure, sure. That's why I got to be so like so annoyed when people in 2013 were like, "Oh, they dro- they made the 400 dollars price point after Microsoft announced 500 dollars price point a few hours before." I'm like, "You nuts!" Mm-hmm. That <laughs> That's is, not how that works. has like that has like a that means billions of dollars. Yeah, you think they're just gonna make that decision? <laughs> yeah. Like that decision was made fly. probably six months ago. Yeah, they were just probably fucking all ecstatic when they heard it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So you don't make choices like that if you don't have to you know take fifty dollars out of your pocket for every console sold or whatever i don't yeah. think it's smart all right moving on to microsoft halo 5 full demo with release date. yes definitely. i guarantee it. yeah rise of the tomb raider demo with release date yes i guarantee definitely. it gears of war remaster with release date i doubt it i doubt it i'm not saying the remaster is crazy i just think having well i guess that i'm still sticking with i doubt it on that one i don't know I think I think it's more likely or as likely that we see the new Gears of War game. Although I think that that is you know far far away. So that was the next one. Is it Gears of War Xbox One teaser? Yeah, teaser. I think I think that they'll show it. I mean, they have to show. I mean, the game's in development, I and one of the, you know, and, they, and one of their studios is working on it. It's just a totally different studio. So it's it's uh, Black Tusk, right? So it's yeah. it's like a you have to show something from that game. I think let people know what's going on, yeah. especially after uh, Judgment or whatever it was called. I don't think people really like yeah. that game. Scalebound demoed. Hmm, maybe I don't understand how that team does so many fucking games. Um, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I don't think you I doubt game, it. I don't think that game is anywhere close, and I don't think that's an E3 audience game. I think that's something you have to hold for. But isn't that where they showed it? Isn't that where they debuted it? They did, but I just okay. don't think that that like when you when you have Halo and Gears and all these games, like how many games are you going to reveal? Would mm-hmm. you? I would rather have the spotlight on like three games than sure. have just show everything just to show it. You know, I think you have to wait maybe to show a game at Gamescom. Mm-hmm. Forza Motorsport Six trailer with release date. Sure. Yeah. Why yeah. Not? That why seems not? like a Euro- that seems like a I Europe game too. But Quantum Break demoed yes. with release date. It bu- it fucking better. Yeah. Absolutely. It goddamn better. Battle. Come on, Remedy. Battletoads oh, trailer Jesus. with release date. No, I, I still doubt I just, it. I still don't think they're working on Battletoads. I think that that was like an ulti- like a, 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 a an ill timed thing to wear that shirt. I really don't think I I don't understand so why to be trolling. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if he meant to. I just thought it was like he oh, meant to. rare. Yeah. Or he meant to. Well, I don't is, think that Battle that Toads keeps coming up. Like I keep, it keeps in dumb little ways, and none of them mean anything. But the fact that Battle Toads keeps coming up, you know, Banjo Kazooie, we've been hearing like these things and like the spiritual success. Sure, 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 sure. But like that's different. You know, I like took a, a left turn. Battle Toads is the one that like, oh, the the music composer is doing something, and oh, right, you know, they're doing this, and like, oh, there's a T-shirt. It's like, all right. Something's happening over here. Know, it's so weird. It's like so I, I just don't understand the relevance of that game today. Like it's, I don't. It's, it's so weird. Very similar to me to Killer Instinct, where it's like there was all these dumb little things, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like then it happened. It's like it's one of those things where it's like I doubt it. I think this is a coincidence, and then it happened, and you're like, oh, all right. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Could be. I think that's that's a weird franchise. To, but then again, they were bringing back Phantom Dust. So so next up, <laughs> Phantom Dust trailer with 2015 release date. I don't think so. I think that that's. I don't know when he made this uh, this thing, but that studio got pulled off that game yesterday. So I, I think doubt that, it. That game's in trouble. You know, I think it, I think that game's in in development hell. So I, I don't think so. Then unannounced things. Yes, I I guarantee. You. Yes, guarantee. What if there uh, were no unannounced things? It was only stuff you already knew. That'd be weird. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Yeah. Nintendo. Are you gonna do an E3 conference? Uh, Nintendo I mean, Direct. Do this direct. is your Nintendo um, Direct predictions. 
Legend of Zelda demo with release date. Yes, but the release date will be 2015. Or 2016, rather. You think it'll Does just that be... count? Or do you say there's going to be like January no, 10th? No, I, okay. I, I doubt that. I think it's just going to be a year. A release window. Yeah. Um, I, 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 doubt, I bet that... If, if we're saying just the window, I guarantee it. Date, no way. No way? I'm saying maybe. I'm saying not January 10th, whatever. Yeah. I'm not, that's what I consider a date. When you yeah. just say it's 2016. I don't think that... Count. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if that game came out this year. Xenoblade Chronicles X dated for North America and Europe. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. Star Fox demo with release date. Yes. Demo, I doubt it. Definitely. They're definitely going to demo that I game. I agree with the demo part of it. I do not think you'll get a release date. That game will come I out do. this year. They, ha- they better hope that game comes out yeah, this year. Yeah, the game, that has to be. That has to be there. Because okay. Zelda's not going to come out this year. They yeah. need something to come out this year. And I think they're going to put a lot behind Star Fox. Okay. They got Mario Maker. That's all you need. Yeah, what the fuck? The next is just unannounced things. So there's no more predictions on that. Mario Maker, when the hell is that coming out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No yeah, idea. they better have some unannounced games. Because, um, yeah, they know. need something. Because the they, they got Mario Party 10 coming out in March. And that's like... That's it. All right. Um, and then, yeah, Xenoblade needs a release date. Pokemon Snap 2. Nope. Uh, we're waiting for that one, Greg. Um, all right. Why yeah. do you hate Pokemon Snap? I love Pokemon Snap. But it definitely has a, a love that is just a nostalgic time. thing. And it's Transcends like, time. It's definitely not that good. Transcends I'd love time. one on Wii U, though. All right. EA. Dragon Age Inquisition DLC. I guarantee it. Yeah, probably. A new Need for Speed revealed with release date. I guarantee it. Yeah, there wasn't one this year, was there? Nah. So, yeah. Not that, that seems, I remember. That seems right. Yeah. Battlefront full debut with release date. No. I still don't think that game's... I, don't, I still don't think that game's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, but like it's not... No way. I don't think that game's ready to go. I don't think that really? game's ready to show. No. I nope. guarantee it. I, I, I guarantee think they're showing it. it. No, I, 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 I put my chips in on that one. This everything seems too erratic with EA and Star Wars. I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like that game's. I think that game's two years out. You know, and I don't think you show it yet. Interesting. Yeah. I think you have to. I think you got to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I think there'll be a game. I think. It, I think it's more likely that they farmed a game out for the new movie, and that like there's. You know, maybe they won't even be able to show that at all because of the the tie to the movie. But I think there'll be a Star Wars game this year. I just don't. It'll be like something attached to the movie and not something that's. Like I, I think it's going to happen. I think they've been. You know, I think there's a lot we don't know about it, and I think that they're going to. They'd be crazy to not get that game out this year. Just it's not like, a matter well, of well, crazy, crazy or not. It's a matter of yeah. It's too. a matter of the yeah. games ready to go. Right. I mean, they've canceled. I mean, Luke, you have to remember that like. There were Star Wars games that were well into development that were canceled, and yeah. that they, because they pulled them for all sorts of different reasons, and then ultimately sold everything off. So I, I just think that like everything was kind of rebooted not too long ago, and I'm not so sure that that we're not being so ambitious with when we're going to see these Star well, Wars games. Not only Viscerals, but also, which I think is way far away, but also, um, you know, Battlefront itself. Well, I just think that like with where Battlefield's at right now, I, I think that it's Battlefront's a little more likely just because it, it feels like Battlefield's not. They don't. I mean, they, what Hardline? Yeah, Hardline is, like, is going to be coming out, but like that's. They've been working on that. So I feel like Star Wars... I don't know. I think it's, it's likelier than you're saying, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, Mirror's Edge 2 gets a more in-depth look. Jesus. I don't even know why they're doing a Mirror's Edge 2. Because everybody won't shut up about it. Now, here you go. They're gonna be, when you uh, don't they, buy this one, then yeah, they're gonna, shut they're, up. I, I think everyone's... EA's not going to be so shocked when the game doesn't sell, but uh, maybe. I don't know. I still am not convinced that they're going to do it. Like, they're ultimately going to do it. You, know? you like, just don't I, think the game's going to come out? I just don't... Like, just because you say something exists doesn't mean that the game actually exists. I don't understand why you would do it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Mirror's Edge is not... This commercial smash success. Company. Like, I don't understand... 
you know, it's the same thing with Beyond Good and Evil too with with Ubisoft. It's like guys, like just let it go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it's a special game, but it's not like this commercial success. Like they're gonna shoot themselves in the foot if they do a game like that. But maybe maybe they maybe they want to. I don't know. Yeah, I hope they do. Mass Effect full reveal with release window. I think that Mass Effect will be shown. I think it'll be I do too. 2016. Do you think it'll be a full reveal or it'll be a teaser? Because I kind of lean on teaser for this. Just like a trailer? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I think they'll show it and name it. A lot of CG. They'll show it and name it, I think, and then they'll just say it'll come out in 2016. It'll probably be a fall 2016 game. Cool. And then sports. Sports for sure. Guarantee it. They're going to have some new fucking shit in Madden. It's going to blow your mind. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to change the game. All right, Ubisoft. New Assassin's Creed demoed with release date. Yes. 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 Rainbow Six Siege demoed with release date. Yes. Yes. The Division demoed with release date. Yes. Yes. And then the ending surprise. Either they sold themselves to EA. New Splinter Cell or Beyond Good and Evil 2. Splinter Cell. They better not close with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, yeah, Splinter Cell maybe. Maybe a different Tom Clancy game. Or like a new Tom Clancy kind of kind of thing. Or maybe going back to to uh, a different franchise or a new property. I don't know. I'm thinking like maybe Rayman or... I don't Rayman know. I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They'll, they'll focus on Assassin's Creed. Sure, but I think yeah, I could see a Splinter Cell trailer. The bee, 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 and then turning on the yeah, And then, of course, they'll have their party games and shit that no one cares about. Yeah. Valiant Hearts 2. That'd be awesome if they did Child of the Light or Valiant Hearts again. Well, not Valiant. They can't do Valiant Hearts again, but Child of the Take Light. Take it to a different war. Do it differently. Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. All right. Bethesda. I feel like we've talked about this so many times now. But Fallout 4 in-depth demo with release date. Yes. And the release date will be this year. I'll fucking lose my goddamn mind. Dishonored 2 revealed with demo. Yeah, I yes. guarantee it. Doom demoed with beta dated. Yes. I guarantee it. Battlecry talked about. Yes. Which one's Battlecry? I don't remember Battlecry. It's that game that's been gestating for a while. Okay. Um, I don't even know who's working on it. All right. Uh, and then oh, some God, talk about Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Have to do something. Here's an expansion. or It's coming to PlayStation 4. Nothing about the next. It will have come to PlayStation 4. No, 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 no. Oh, I still think it's possible that you get... The collection? The collection, or why not... I don't think it's beyond the pale to expect that they do what they did with New Vegas, which was to give the franchise to someone else to make a intermediary game, which was New Vegas. Sure. You know, and Obsidian did a nice job. I think New Vegas is better than Fallout 3. Um, so crazy. it would be cool to see like Elder Scrolls 5 colon something else that is a standalone game that was made by Elder Studio Scrolls X. Elder Scrolls 5 colon something Because else. I mean imagine dude if Fallout 4 comes out this year pre-production for Elder Scrolls 6 will begin next year that game doesn't come out until 2020. You know it's going to be a pretty long time between Elder Scrolls oh, There's games. a lot of models. I, I think that yeah I think that I think that they're going to have someone else work on Elder Scrolls in between. Okay. Use All that right. you know use an engine or something. But I think you'll also see Fallout 4 and, or Fallout 3 in New Vegas on the next gen platforms. Yeah. Third parties. Now, this one is impossible, but a new Call of Duty demoed with release date. No way. Wait, third parties. What does that mean? Activision and UBR? He's just... Louis, he, no, he's, oh, so this is like everything these are else? all the other ones okay. that don't have a conference. Um, yeah, okay. Obviously, yeah, Call yeah, of Duty yeah. will... Get well, it. I think Call of Duty will be at Xbox's conference. Okay. Uh, they always are. Yeah. So, but don't know. they do an event before then or after that that then has just it's before that I thought don't they have a lead in usually where they talk about like here's just an hour about the fucking fish physics in this Call of Duty yeah probably I think they'll show the game for the first time though at Microsoft like the actual game okay. that's what they do okay yeah, yeah. where they, they usually open with yeah. it with the guy yeah. jumping around the mountains he's got the ice pick I remember these 
New Deusex revealed. Deusex. Deusex. Deus. That's Deus. what I say too. Yeah, That's I what I say. Give me the pound there on the Deusex. Uh, revealed with gameplay de- trailer. No, I doubt it. Yeah. All right. Final Fantasy 15 shown off. Of course. Yes. Definitely. Probably a PlayStation. Uh, yes. New Hitman trailer. No, oh. I don't. I don't. Does that is that? It, does anyone care? They care about the the iOS game. Yeah, I don't know. If you if you whatever the hell uh, Assassin. What is Hitman? Absolution was the one that came out to the consoles, and mm-hmm. then the Hitman Go, Hitman Go. Square Enix does Hitman right or publishes it, so it's it's. If they're only gonna have a limited amount of bandwidth at any of these conferences, they're not gonna use it on Hitman. That would yeah. be pretty weird. Just Cause Three gameplay trailer and slash or demoed. Oh, and demoed for sure. Where PlayStation? You think so? Yeah. All right, now here's where I get really excited. New Tony Hawk game trailer. It's they're working technology. on something, aren't they? I here's my thing. I don't know if it's gonna be shown at E3. I feel like we might get that before E3. Like, I think that's just going to be, like, on a random Wednesday, a trailer's going to be revealed. Sure. sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I don't think... This reminds me of Battletoads, but not quite as extreme, where it's like, I'm not so sure of the resonance of Tony Hawk for a mass audience anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, we love those games. We grew up with them. But I don't know if you want to use... Again, if you have... If if, if if Activision or Neversoft... I don't even know who the fuck's making the game, but if if, if Activision has X amount of time to spend at these conferences, you're not going to spend on Tony Hawk. Yeah, definitely yeah? not. I mean... It might be mentioned in one of the things, but like I think it's just gonna be it's just gonna be announced at some point with the trailer. I mean, the last Tony Hawk game was at the VGAs that they announced the HD whatever the fuck it was called remaster. All right, I never even played. I never. I downloaded them. I never even played them. I love. I mean, I played the shit out of that, but it, it was almost there. But it wasn't quite that. Was it? It wasn't, wasn't good enough. It was no thug, as they say. I hate you so thug. much. Thug. Thug's, thug's the best. good. Thug's good. It's not great. Um. Resident Evil 7 trailer. Resident, no way. Oh, God. Please no. don't. No, 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 no. Just don't. I doubt Just it. don't even do anything with Resident Evil. I doubt Evil. that, too. <laughs> I think they're rebooting Resident Evil from the ground up, and I do not think they're ready to show you that yet. That would be awesome, though. You think When when will that be? Back, uh, I think E3 that, next year? I think you get a teaser trailer for it next year. Mm-hmm. E3 next year, so that'd be 2016, and then released in 2017. Bam. Well, there you go, guys. Those are our... Good job, Shinobi. Yeah, yeah Shinobi. not a bad. Thanks for Gaff for making this show. Yeah, I love Gaff, man. I love, I love reading too. that shit. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. They're, fucking, they're on point. They know what's up. I, right. I tried to make an account. I still haven't gotten approved. They don't like you. They like Greg Miller, though, so yeah. that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we're talking about Colin Moriarty's favorite topic, and that's reviews of video games. So, what are our thoughts on how games should be reviewed? You guys have reviewed games for years at this point. Many, many, yeah. many. I've reviewed games never. I just talk about shit. Sure. But that's kind of reviews. I've uh yeah, I guess that's true. But I've consumed reviews for a good portion of my life and they've they've been a big part of my life. Right. You know, I've read EGM. I grew up with that. Read the IGN, read Game GameSpot, read all these things, right? Yes. So I, I became very enamored with this whole culture. But you guys had to live it. You guys had to re- review the games, and you had to review games within the rules put upon you by IGN sure. or wherever the fuck else you've written for beforehand. Right. How should games be reviewed? In a multitude of ways. A plethora. A rainbow of ways. That's what I always talk about right now is that people lose sight of the fact that it's the best time to be alive for this hobby. Because if you're, at least from a consumer standpoint, right? Because... At any point, you can say, oh, man, Greg and Colin like PlayStation too much. They're not They're not the voice for me. I'm going to go look at Screw Attack. Mm, I'm going to go look at Jim Sterling. I'm going to go look at Kotaku. I'm going to look at IGN. I'm going to look at Game. There are so many voices out there that you can literally boil it down to the three people that you feel speak to you the most and then go to them over and over again to find out what happens. The problem is when people 
look at one site, only one site, IGN, and don't realize that multiple people review games on that. So then it becomes IGN gave this game this, but they all, IGN gave Uncharted a ten, but they also or Uncharted two a ten, but they also gave this a ten. So clearly they think they're the same perfect. You know, that's not how it works. You know, Rich gave Skyward Sword a ten. I gave Uncharted two, three a ten. This is how all that breaks down. You know what I mean? Like you start getting into that personality driven content is coming up, and that's why it's an awesome time to be a consumer because you can find all these people. You know what I mean? Like when you used to watch a uh, Siskel and Ebert, Roper and Ebert, all these different people, you understood that this is how Roger Ebert feels about these kind of movies, right? And you understood then that he wouldn't agree with Roper because it's not a science, it's an art form. And so when you're critiquing art, what you bring as a perspective matters and that's how it all comes down to. And so I, obviously I, I imagine this is popping up because you're a gr- gamer just dropped review scores. Yes. Review scores are always a big thing. I like review scores. I think review scores and star systems matter. I think the written word matters. And I love the fact that there's different sites doing different things with it. I always say, like, you know, people always ask us, like, you know, I want to get into this. What do I do? I always say, well, start doing it. Start doing it. But my other, the, the thing I always say is that don't try to compete with IGN. At no point do I want to know what idiot gamers over on kind of funny games gave out of 10 to this game like that doesn't matter you're you stand out because you are you what do you think about this game how do you apply to it there's always going to be the need there's always going to be the source of this is your numbered review scale right but to see Eurogamer, kotaku anybody else say well we're not going to do that we're going to do our own thing that's how you stand out from the pack and matter and that's why i think so many people are always quick to point out that Kotaku does that, you know, their review scores is should you get this? It's a big green or red button, right? That says yes or no or whatever. That's a great way and it makes them different. It makes their reviews already a different part of the conversation when you talk about reviews. Mm-hmm. Whereas IGN, GameSpot, everybody else who's giving numbered scores kind of just fall into this well that can be put into Metacritic and can be boiled down to one thing. I'm done with this topic. <laughs> now, Colin, what do you have to say on this matter? I, I mean, I don't agree with Greg at all in the sense that I think review scores are totally destructive and reductive and um, need to go away. And um, we don't talk about art in this respect. And if we want to be taken seriously, um, we need to figure out different ways to talk about games. And um, as a reviewer who has reviewed, I, I don't know, it must be hundreds of games. I don't know how, how, many, how many games it is at this point, but... Um, we, we, we worked within the rubric that we were given and there was a time when I did believe in scores and I understood them and stuff like that but then I, I slowly became jaded especially <laughs> after after and it really didn't begin like until I mean I tried I talked at um, you know with people for years whatever on, on podcasts to be honest stuff that I'm like I don't personally think scores are useful but you know I think most people do think they're useful and um, and they exist to kind of serve the audience but I'm actually starting to not believe that either mm. and I think that you do a disservice to your writing when, or to your video or whatever when you have to reduce it to a score. Listen to what I'm saying, you know, and make up your own mind about it because the score is basically this kind of, this, this umbrella under which like you have to kind of fit everything you said and everything you feel about a game. And, and I don't know how Greg feels, but when I would when I'd play a game, I'd get a feeling of the score. Yeah. Like you get a feeling like, yeah, this, this feels like something. But what an 8 is to me is great on the IGN rubric. An 8 might be di- something different on another site. Sure. It's the same thing that happened with 1UP with A, B, C, and D and everything. It's like, what does that mean? And how do you put that on Metacritic? And, and it was like a whole... Di- what do you do? How, what does that mean to England who doesn't use the A through F uh, mentality for scoring? Exactly. So, like, to me, I think reviewing products is important. But I think that we have to rely on the written or spoken word. I don't think we have to reduce it into bullet points and scores. I think it's stupid. And I think it... I think that people want more than that. I don't. I, I know that some people like to scroll down and look at the scores, but I think the people that really care about 
the content of a game and the quality or lack thereof of a game or talking about a game in a substantive way want to read about it. And then they want to talk about the different ports or they want to play the game and then discuss mm-hmm. the, the parts that they think are important or not. Sure. So to me, like, I think that, you know, I've been fighting the fight against scores for a long time, but I really do think we're getting to a point now with Kotaku not doing it in Eurogamer, not doing it in others, not doing it where it's like, yes, this is good. This is good. The die is cast. Like, let's get rid of scores. They're mm-hmm. dumb. You know, and but it's not going to happen everywhere. No, it's not. But but like, I think that's good though. Like, I think that you were saying that like art's not judged that way, and that's interesting because it's not. But movies are. Yeah, you know, and movies movies are, are art. Probably cl- there are they are art, and they're also the closest thing to video games compared to any other type of art. And I think that there is a value to kind of just getting the gist of like, all right, is it good or not, and how good is it? And I think the numbers and stuff are the easiest way to just kind of communicate that, like. Out of 10, everyone can understand that, you know? Yeah. And it, not to get super deep and shit about this, but it's like, it goes back to schools and grades and stuff. It's like, oh, so you're telling me how smart my kid is based on did they hit these numbers and all that? And then, you know, the same argument you're making can work for that too, where it's like each individual kid, you should just talk to the teacher and ask and have a diatribe about like, a diatribe. How, how <laughs> Why your kid sucks so much. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I don't think, I don't, Colin said he didn't agree with me. I don't think our ideals on review scores are mutually exclusive i think the fact is that yeah like i prefer to read the written word and know and or watch a video and hear you tell me about something right but i prefer to do that for three or four people in the industry and then when it does boil down to though i want to know what's happening in a wide-ranging thing i'm never going to go and read blank.com's giant review i'd rather scroll down and see what they gave it and say oh well ign gave it this that and this person gave it da, 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 and have that as part of the consensus as well even though that number doesn't matter to me as much as the person i it, doesn't, it never matters as much as me and t- colin sitting on talking mm-hmm. about a game and him telling me what he thought of it yeah i remember for me the the it's when reviews the numbers don't match up people get so upset sure. about it and you know everyone is different with how they like you just described how you do it i do it very differently everyone goes about reading consuming reviews differently but I remember with um, with EGM, like I just trusted that EGM sure. was my my go to, and I remember Shu gave Luigi's Mansion a four, and everyone else gave it like a eight or something. It was around that. It was favorable, and then his review was a four, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And usually I agreed with him. Yeah. So that's me. I was like, "My God!" But then I had to read it. And my it was more, God. His review then became less about what he thinks of the game, and to me, it was more about why did you give it a four. And so that's where the numbers do get kind of weird. I'll, I'll, I'll always remember that he, he gave it that. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? but do you remember why he gave it a four? No, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, like, that's that's, that's the, interesting. That's yeah, what right? it comes down to. Is like, it does come down to this number and how it's like, oh, man, you, you gave it a bad review. And it's like it becomes less about was the game good or not. And it's more just about me thinking about, oh, you're different than the other guys. Sure. So I don't know. It, just, it seems weird to me to, you know... Like, we were talking about movies, and movies are art. Yes, they are, and they were scored. But what is the most popular movie scoring system? It's the thumbs up and thumbs down. It's not a score. And so, like, the... Actually, know, isn't it stars? I think the most famous, I would say, was thumbs up or thumbs down from them having a TV show. But Yeah, but, I mean, that's what... Thumbs up and thumbs down is, like, synonymous with, with two people that reviewed movies. Like, star systems are not only used in... I don't mean star systems in, the, you know... <laughs> the galaxy. The galaxy. <laughs> star systems have, you know... Are everywhere. They're ubiquitous. Or even in games. They used to be a game spy and stuff like that. I think that... You know, and I think that they're the most respected, video, you know, movie reviewers like you know Ebert and Roper, yeah. you know, Siskel and Ebert and stuff like that. And I think that it's about identifying the people you trust, like Greg was saying. But also, I think that you know, to me, it's it's weird to take something sub- totally subjective like a review and then put a number on it, which is sure. as definitive a, a way to communicate as we have, you know, as humans, like a number, you know, like a, a definitive nine, eight, like this means something. But then there's like all this amorphous text that means something different to everyone like that's why you know 
I know the people I trust and I, and I go into those reviews and I read them and I'm interested in them because some things are positive, some things are negative depending on who's reading them. The multiplayer is this and then the side quests are this, whatever. It's like you have to reduce that to a number. It's difficult and you do the best you can as a reviewer or a critic to do that. But I still think that the way we did a Order 1886, for instance, is way more valuable than any review like in terms of in terms of just a number, you know? Sure. Maybe the content's not as useful as some of the content of other reviews depending on who you are, but we didn't want to reduce it to an, okay, we're done talking. What do you give it? You know? Yeah. It's like... I don't know. You just listen to us talk about the whole game. It, it, it doesn't. It, does it sound good to you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, See, um, and I agree with you. I think the other side of it, though, is that like we deliver it more as a personality thing, like Greg was saying, where it's like more people want to know our opinions because we're us, and that's it. Whereas I think a lot of the people that go to reviews, like just the more casual people, like a lot of my friends that play games all the time, but are not really gamers. They're not in the culture and all that stuff. They just play the games. They don't want that. They just want to view. They just want to know: Should I buy this game or not? And they can kind of base that on, did it get a nine or higher? From IGN, from yeah, GameSpot. Exactly. That's how you talk. And this is where it gets really into the weeds of unbiased games journalism and stuff. Because reviews are, by definition, influenced and yeah. biased and subjective and all these different things. But people think when IGN says something, GameSpot says something, it is objective. It is held to this criteria of they went through and measured the amount of gameplay in it and they got to this score. And you know what I mean? Like that's where we're in this weird spot. And what's interesting is we've all done it here at this table so far today. When we're talking about people who are doing reviews right or opinion or whatever, we are saying Dan Shu and we're saying, uh, I already forgot he said, uh, and then I'm saying like Jim Sterling or whatever. Like I'm, we're bringing up uh, Re- Re- Robert, uh, Jesus Christ, Roper and Ebert and all these different things, right? We're bringing up names of people who are doing something and standing out and having an opinion that differs, especially in this Luigi's Mansion instance or something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like that are there with something interesting to say. Whereas like you go to, it's it, it, I assume it's like Consumer Reports. I know when I need your, you know, a better business bureau. When I want to Yelp. When I want to go there, I want to see what its aggregate score is. What did somebody? What is this? What did this trusted resource give it? Yeah. And that's the problem. Like it's that works for a vacuum. It did the vacuum suck up the dirt, but doesn't mm-hmm. work for the order? Because what, what what criteria we're trying to judge the order on? And when you change mm-hmm. site to site, place to place, that becomes difficult. Especially when you get down to well, an eight on IGN is great, but it might not. That may be good on whatever that sort of thing. Well, the thing is, for the people that aren't going to IGN every day, that are just going to Google and typing in yep. what PS3 game should I get or PS4 game should I get? Like, it's good for them to be able to go to IGN and see like reviews, and then just look at all the the nines or tens and be like all right now the i think a bigger issue is the different scales because you know there's the the 10 point scale 20 point scale 100 point scale and like what which if you had to put numbers on it which do you think is the the best because you guys have reviewed oh the 100 point or the 20 point because to me like the points are so crazy when it when when you get into the point of like 9.2 it's like what the hell is that yeah it doesn't make any sense like i think that a one to five makes the most sense because once you go one to ten the then all of a sudden like trying to explain to somebody that five is average oh yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah, yeah. impossible but three being average makes a little more sense for some reason sure no like it doesn't look two, as bad it doesn't yeah. look as bad there's not as much of a gap between the high and the low and the mid you know what i mean that's the big thing i liked it when ign when we were there went from 100 points to 20 points so that would be you know one 1.5 to 2.5 and so on etc and so on that made sense to me because i this i thought was at least a step towards what Colin and I want to do which is discuss games to say that he this game is an eight and it's also an eight like this is an eight and like there's something you put them all in a bucket and then we can sit there and talk about well 
I liked this game more than that game, blah, 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 because of X. But when it does get down to the pseudo fucking science of, no, this game's an 8.2 and this game's an 8.3. And if you go and look at my early IGN reviews, you find that's how I was doing it. I had my, because then it wasn't even just what IGN was giving, what all the nines and nine to 9.4s were for IGN. It became in my head and it's really rusty now, but stick with me that I think I gave Uncharted, the original Uncharted, a 9.0. And then I gave Infamous in 9.1 because I thought it was a little bit better and then I gave Batman Arkham Asylum a 9.2 and it was like this weird like I'm in there doing this decimals that make sense in my head for how I'm reviewing but IGN's public facing side isn't explaining that to the reader mm. you know what I mean they're they're saying that you're thinking that this because this is still before personalities were huge so it was that IGN gave this game a 9.1 and they think it's a 9.1 and this is mm-hmm. how it breaks down and this all this gets wrapped into then the top 10 top 25 lists we had to do at IGN which were always the things I wanted to fucking beat my brains out the most because I hated those lists to go in with my friends and argue about games have somebody else come in who's your boss and then go this list doesn't make any sense you didn't have this perfect 10 on to which then i would turn around and respond fucking go to ign and sort by review and there's your top 10 list like what are you fucking talking about like if there's no editorializing here what the fuck are we doing just mm-hmm. fucking resort and screen cap it and there's your list you know what i mean like this is when it that and that's what always drove me crazy and i think what drove colin and i crazy is just the fact that it seems like science when it's not. It is art, and there's a difference. It's, it's much like you always talk about, uh, and your girlfriend talks about, with baking and cooking. Baking is exact measurements. It needs to be done like this to get this result, whereas cooking is like a handful of this, a pinch of that, whatever, a little bit more, to season Coach. to taste. You know what I mean? Whereas, And that's how games are when you sit there and talk about it. No one's ever going to say, like, it, you, the, the top level you can say a game's amazing and you'll agree it's amazing, but then when we start boiling down, I'd be like, oh, but I hated this combat section. You're like, oh no, I totally love that combat section. What do you, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much wrapped in this of deciding what it is. That's where and why we love the written word, why we love speaking at length about videos and not trying to be like, all right, let's do a, a three-minute conversation about this. Well, fuck that. Like, I don't want to boil it down like that. I want to yeah. rant and ramble and talk about this thing I didn't like and that character I did like. And mm-hmm. hmm. Well, there you go. We got nothing accomplished in that conversation. No, I thought it was good. Okay, good. I mean, well, that's the thing is it's just like numbers are important, but they're also not important at all. Like that's really what it all comes down sure. to. It's just like what it really comes down to is people's experience with the games. And it's like, but at the end of the day, your review, the shit, your review, my review doesn't fucking mean anything. Like it's what's everyone else's review. And people, I think, just want to hear other people's opinions about stuff. Sure. Everyone, you need to base your opinion on other people's opinions at points. Well, if, I mean, it just all speaks to the fact of why... I mean, it works. Colin and I are lucky enough to live together and work together and do all this stuff together. And then we have that outlet to sit there and talk to each other about. It. And this is what I always talk about with our shows, right? That we we have this relationship where you're watching this, you're our best friend. You're listening to this, you're our best friend. We, I get that because I remember being on the outside and playing video games and wanting to talk to my friends about them, but none of them played video games like I played, right? They'd play Madden here and there. They didn't want to hear me fucking talk about what I thought of Metal Gear or whatever. So then mm-hmm. it's like, what do I do with that? How do I, you know what I mean? You want, you need to be, a, you're part of a community and you, I, I was and didn't know it. You know mm. what I mean? Now, thankfully through YouTube podcasts, everything else, you know you are and you can go out and find that. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's the experience when you watch a movie and you're, everyone just experienced the same thing. Right. You go to the Chipotle outside and you sit there and you just talk about what you saw. Yeah. And it's, you, it'll st- usually start with, uh, did you like it or not? So it's a yes or no. Yeah. And then it then it just turns into this like freeform freeform thing of just yeah. like there's it's not bullet points. It's not boiling it down to what were the graphics, what's the story, what's the this, whatever. It's just kinda like you talk about story for two seconds, then you jump into the actors, and then you jump into the music. And then yeah. it's like kind of just then back to the graphics, then back to the you know what I mean? It just keeps going because it's more about talking about that experience 
as opposed to sure. comparing that experience to every other experience. If you're going to PAX East, I'm on a panel Friday night called Our Reviews Dead. Come on, watch. Jeff Gerstmann's there, too. He'll bring the crowd. Yeah. I'll bring nothing. I'm sure it's just going to be okay. Like a 5 out of 10, maybe. Ah. Anyways, all right. Moving on here. Big game just came out on a PlayStation console. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called The Order. Never heard of it. 1886. Now, you guys... I want to hear your thoughts. And this this is going to get a little spoilery. Yeah, time out real quick. This is going to be big-time spoiler conversation. Yeah, so this if is you probably... haven't played it, put it aside. This is going to talk about after the ending and mm-hmm. what, what we want to do with the game. Yeah. So put it aside. No big deal. Otherwise, we're going to spoiler contest. We'll so think you. of this as the spoiler, spoiler cast of Order 1886. Yeah. We are discussing The Order 1887. Oh! Could it happen? How will it happen? <laughs> it will, Let yeah. me know your thoughts. In the comments or right now? Right now. Oh, uh, okay. I think Colin and I are the same hive mind that, yes, it'll happen. A thousand percent. This is clear. You look up there at this beautiful PlayStation portrait I had painted, commissioned by Shuhei Yoshida to paint himself. And, like, of the options right there in the center is Galahan. Duh. And so, like, that's his big thing. Was, like, he's – the order is something they want to make into a thing. Uh, you can, of course, catch our review discussion here. Colin and I thought it was okay. We liked it enough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't regret playing it or anything, but, like, it's on the shelf now. It won't be touched again unless some crazy DLC comes out. And so – that's fine for that. For a first step, it's not bad. Now you go the Assassin's Creed model, right? And the second one, hopefully, leaps and bounds better. But Colin, is it happening? What's it going to be? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, so the, the game ends in a very definitive way where there's a cliffhanger. And so I, I think that it's not a cliffhanger. I mean, the story's wrapped up in a way, but it really isn't. The we didn't core, go after the big vampire, the dude. Core, yeah, well, that and the course. Yeah, so the, the villain is still alive at the What's end. What's his name? Um... God, this is my problem. Like he's I, like an old man. The core cast is awesome. Yeah, the old man shows up like twice, and then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm a fucking vampire. And I was like, I just found out vampires are a thing two seconds ago. There's a lot for me to take in, old vampire man. <laughs> and I saw your dick. A lot of dick in the order. I meant to call that out in the Not review. a lot of dick. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a couple there's dicks. There's some dick in it. Well, there's the, there's the, the old man's dick. There's the, the, the wolf man who turns on me's dick. And then another dick out there, too. Dick scale is one of those things where it's like the difference between no dick and a lot of dick only requires, I think, one dick. There was three dicks there. I, yeah, come on now. There's a few dicks. Uh, but the story ends. So the story ends inconclusively in a way that some subplots are wrapped up, but that Galahad is still on the run. Yeah. F- presumably from the order. The vampire man is still alive and London is now martial under law. martial law. So, um, it's, it ends like you it ends, it ends setting up the next game. And it, yeah. But it, like it's credits and it's out of the credits into like their post credit scene. Mm-hmm. And it's like him standing up looking over the city. It's, it's super Batman-y. Like he's like the next game would be him running around martial law London trying to stop Vampire Man and his dick and just like making sure this shit doesn't get serious. Good. Yeah. It's a big problem, Vampire yeah. Dick. But I mean, like it was like so blatantly that there there's got to be another one, and that and that's not annoying. Like I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these guys of like ah, oh, but I do like a conclusive end to it. And really, when you're building this game out and like, the story as I'm playing it, and then they're like Vampire Man's the big bad guy. I was like, all right. I'm going to kick the fucking t- fangs out of this guy's face. But then it's like, oh, no, fight this Wolfman first. I'm like, all right, I fight Wolfman, and then it's credits. I'm like, well, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, that was my thing earlier in our conversation. I'm just like, I felt like the story just didn't, it kind of meandered a bit there at the end. And just yeah, it just done. hit a wall, whatever, I think, because I think they were, are stretching it into a new game. So I think, I think the Order 1887 is what it's going to be called. And I think that it, it because the story begins mid-October 1886, goes into December. So yeah. you would presume that they would just name it the Order 1887. But I don't think they will. I think it'll be named something, too. Really? Different. The Order 1886, too? I, no, I think it'll just probably be the Order 2, colon, Vampire Man's Dick. But there'll be so there'll something after the colon. Not I hope they call it the Order 1887, because I think that would be cool. I do, too. But I, I think two sell better. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, but yeah, I think I don't. I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it'll just be another eight-hour third-person shooter. I just think that you know that there's more story to be told. And it'll be a weird place to stop, 
And my my assumption based on the boldness of the ending is that the game's green lit already. I was gonna say this is the question. So, at what are what are the hurdles to this game? Like, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this game's so bad, ready to be closed or anything like that. But I mean, do they have to hit a sales marker for this to get to the sequel? Like, I mean, like we always talk about, like Sony's not afraid to close, you know, first parties as they've shown lately. Like we, they don't own Ready at Dawn though, but they get a great point. Sorry, uh, but I, I was going like Evolution's the next one I think on the chopping block of like yes. Drive Club. You fuck this up. Get out the PlayStation Plus one. Then we're gonna talk about what happens. But then the order Ready at Dawn. It's uh, it, they can't close the studio, but they can choose not to work with them unless they're yeah, or they can take the game and give it to someone else. Yeah. So the um, no, my assumption is that there is no sales barometer because I'm sure that the game's gonna sell like over a million copies. I don't know like whether it's gonna be profitable or not. That's not a lot of copies. PlayStation All Star sold over a million copies in that. Obviously, Superbot was shut down. But I think. You know, I think my theory is that they worked on this game for so long that Sony's like, you have the engine and all the character models, basically, you need now. Like, so a lot of the art, you know, obviously they're going to make new art and new new environments, but a lot of the technical things are done. So you have two years. And this game, like the sequel will come out fall 2017 or something, like make the game, you know, and hopefully that will maybe back for them will back sell into 1886 and they'll have this new game that maybe is successful or whatever. But I think that the idea is to turn it around, you know, quickly. Um and so I think that will people are going to start asking this question in earnest next week, you know, yeah. um, to to ruin the guy, you know, to to Andrea and all the guys that um, ready it's on. The sequel setup is 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 obvious. So what is the story? Are you doing it? You know? Yeah. yeah. And um, I think the answer is going to be yes. And I think that um, they're going to go back to it, and you'll see the D three in twenty sixteen, and and you know all that kind of stuff. I think they have to turn it around. Uh, very quickly. The other possibility is that maybe they cut the game. Maybe they had a story, very much like Star Wars, where it's like you just have to cut off part of it and just make it into its own thing yeah. later on. So it'll happen. What it's going to be, who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a lock. Basically, you think they come to the new world? Because remember, that was part of this story is the fact they're trying to ship the vampires to over the America. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'd be cool if they yeah went to Boston or New York City. Yeah, but then you lose. All the all assets, assets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you stay in London. In martial law, again. Mm. We got to figure this out and get Vampire Man's dick. I think you stay in London. Yeah. Mm. I got to get that good dick. Good. It's actually bad, though, because he's a Vampire Man. Good. So, I mean, an important thing about cliffhangers like that is how much you're like, oh, shit, I, I want to know what happens next. Yeah. How much do you want to know what happens next? Not really. Yeah, I don't really care. Man, but I think that, like, it's... Good. No. No, because I think the story the story's set up nicely, but as Greg said, it, it hits a wall at some point and becomes a little fractured. And it's a shame because there's interesting characters in there. Yeah. Including, including old vampire Dick Man. Could be an interesting character. It's just, like, you know, w- there's not enough time to develop them. And, exactly. And which is weird because there's so many cutscenes in the game. Um, but the ones they spent time on worked, like uh, Galahan and Izzy, right? Like, I like them. I like their, and I, it, you know, eventually it turns out, oh, they're kind of a thing and that they will be a thing if he just fucking proposes and da 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 da. And it's like, okay, cool. And then, like, now you're at this separation, right? Where she's out to stop the rebellion. He's a big part of it. I, I, I want to know their story. I want, I fucking feel robbed that I didn't get to see them meet in the finale. I thought that's what we were building towards, and that just doesn't happen. So if in game two that gets to be a big part of it, it's her chasing him or whatever, that's fine. It's also kind of fucked up that, you know, if tomorrow, if all these signs started popping up that Christine was part of some rebellion, she's part of Team Skinny all of a sudden, I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this. What are you doing? What are you thinking about? And then, like, it, it, it is revealed that she was. I would still be like, whoa, let's have a conversation. Are you fucking trying to sink Team Fat? And she, if she's like, no, it's just all these weird coincidences, I'd be like, all right, cool. You're still my girl. But, like, they, they didn't have that conversation. It was just like, she, Izzy's like, no, I'll fucking burn him to the stake. It's over. This guy sucks. I was like, yeah. what, what? Yeah, there's unanswered questions with Izzy and Galahad, but... Yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't really care enough to know. I just know that we're going to find out. 
<laughs> like now, it or not, it's going to happen. Now, the big question is, and we brought this up on the on the spoiler cast, whatever the hell we called it was, um, the review discussion, or this whatever it was. The spoiler cast. Review yeah, discussion was the, other. the review discussion, which was, is it possible that this is just DLC? And um, mm, no, and and I don't know, I don't know. Like that's what's so weird about the order as a sterile product, like a standalone. Just it's just sterile. It's just it just is this campaign with no bells or whistles at all yeah. you know and no the new game plus we don't know anything about no yeah it's just weird you know like i don't know exactly like what we can expect out of this so maybe it is dlc but i hope they don't wrap Actually, it up that rapidly if it was the dlc they would have said something when everybody started losing their shit about this ready Dawn's had so many interviews they would have been like listen it's it's eight hours long and we're gonna give you this we're you know charge for it we're gonna get dlc six months from now because like what you're talking about is 1,000% what's going to happen is that kids are going to bring this thing home on Friday night because it comes on a Friday. They will beat it midday Saturday and they will trade that fucker in on Sunday if they're smart. Mm-hmm. They will jump back in and be like, wait, there's nothing to do in this. Well, mm. fuck this. Why would I hold on to this? Let's get it before GameStop is all like... They, they're, before they're flooded with... They, they're they're yeah. going to notice pretty quick all these orders coming in. This is the <laughs> over the GameStop yeah. pleasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, pleasure, yeah. By the way. Oh, what are all these orders? <laughs> Do you think that they made the right call in ending the game this way, like with the open up sequels to get people hyped for it? Or do you think it would have been a better choice to have made this just a complete story and go from there? I think it would have been a better choice to make a complete story. I'm not, I mean, I I believe that, yes, there is a plan for a sequel. I believe that, yes, Ready at Dawn is probably working on it in some, you know, there's a pre-production team working on it. I don't think it's a guarantee that this is going to come out. I think it could, I think the number, I think, I think the order will probably under deliver on sales on what they were expecting. And you look at the marketing budget and you look at everything you did to it. And there'll have to be that discuss dis- discussion in six months of like, all right, no, this isn't a mm-hmm. franchise. We're trying to make it a franchise. Cause we've been talking in this episode, right? That Sony's actually making the right decisions. So if they, they can go the route of like, we're going to fucking make this a thing or they can go the thing of like, it didn't hit the way we wanted to. And now there is this thing to it that people mm-hmm. think it's a, it's a short game. They weren't blown away. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, it's very reminiscent of Assassin's Creed in a lot of ways. Kind well, of even from the outside where the first one is fine, but like... But Assassin's Creed, I don't feel like... Yeah, that's 100% true. And, and that that Assassin's Creed did under-deliver on his promise. Remember, that was like Hillary said, this is the first next-gen game, mm-hmm. I remember, for when he was working at IGN. And so, but it was still like... I don't feel like right on the eve of Assassin's Creed going where people are like, this is four hours long. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, there's like already this like taint to yeah, it. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. There's like stink. There, yeah, there's this thing in the air and it's no matter what happens, people are going to play that game on Friday and they are going to say, I beat it in 6 hours. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I beat it in 7 hours. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to even bump into 9 by any chance. Like you're going to get to like 8 hours. You were 8, right? You said yeah, and then I, eight hours. I, I didn't time myself. 7ish. Yeah, 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 of but, course I mean, not. Of course I, I, not. Oh, my only thing was that it, it's just I don't understand how you could possibly beat it in 5 hours. Yeah, you unless know, no, you just that. run. But that's what's yeah. going to get lost. Is it's not going to get? It's not going to become that it's a five-hour game. It's going to be that this is a short game. That's what's going to be said, right? Mm. Especially when you consider that yeah, there's no first off reason to go. There's no. There's nothing inviting you back to play because, like I was talking about, there's this thing in the menu that says armory, right? And I thought, oh, that's when I'm done. I replay levels and I can click on armory and choose whatever weapon and get the trophy I need. Went back. I couldn't do that. I was like, oh, interesting. And then I clicked on new game. DLC. I clicked on well, why? That's uh, true, but again, why wouldn't you say that? Even just said coming soon. Yeah. I click on new game, and yeah, no new game plus, and it's just like, well, why no? Why would I do this? Well, until you said the the games 
GameStop thing of them trading in the game. When you said, like, why wouldn't they announce that? I feel like there's such a stigma about announcing DLC before the games come out that, like, maybe they wouldn't want to do that. There's there's a stigma in the way of, like, oh, why is it on the disc? But there is also the stigma of, well, I already bought this game. I better hold on for the DLC. Like, that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, I didn't even think about that. You, that's you're, a good point. You, you, it's like when you get your arm cut off, which I am familiar with. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even if you, you tie the tourniquet tight, you're still going to lose some blood. Like, there, people are going to trade the game back no matter what. You know what I mean? But you would stop most of it. You would stop mm-hmm. at least some of it. You'd stop a percentage of it that would then equate to sales knock on wood for sony but like now you don't have that at all you know what i mean i mean is there any chance of it just being a standalone downloadable title like not dlc but just like sure yeah you're talking about like first light yeah possible but i feel like you that you would have said something i just feel like that there what what's their play for not saying something right now you know what I mean? in, in, especially and if it's standalone i standalone could be fine i guess that, that whatever because then yeah you wouldn't need the disc and you, yeah. w- you wouldn't need to say anything now i mean is there advantage to like like i know there's certain games there's many games that they want to keep in people's houses and stuff but maybe this is just a experience that's like all right we already got your money you know what i mean like, you'll buy yeah, the standalone but the, but the resale the, the, if if people start trading this game back it's going to collapse the used game sale market for this game and it's going to be really cheap and then it's going to kill their new game sales for mm. this game like it's going to be a very it's going to break their back you know like on this game it's it's going to be really interesting I agree with Greg but I, I also don't this is the problem with going gold so early you know and I think that what you're going to find out above all else everyone's kind of worrying about the reaction to Sony and like why aren't they saying anything I think the reaction is going to be the future games you are not going to see future first party games available that early ever again you know from them like, the game was published and printed, like, three weeks ago, you know? And because the game had gone gold so early and the team was done. So I think that, like, in my opinion, what Sony's learning is, like, we can't do that again. Because inevitably, as we've retweeted pictures and seen pictures, they end up out there early. You know, people have them. Hundreds of people have already played the game, yeah. according to PSN profiles, that are not critics. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens. And so I think, unfortunately, what's going to happen is they're going to be like, nope, you know, like, hold, hold tighter onto these copies of the game. And... Um, let's not make this happen again because good or bad, whether or not Ready at, Ready at Dawn and, and it made a good game or not, I don't I don't think they did make a good game. I think they made a, an okay game. Um, it's kind of sucks for them. Oh shit! That they like they put all this work into this game again, whether it's good or bad. But now it is already like you said, it is already tainted and it hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, you know, and that's not their fault. That's Sony's. You know, for for not being tighter with the copies of the game and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, it's it's unfortunate. You don't see it very often. You don't see that very often. You don't see what happens to this game very often. The 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 line on this game is negative, all over the goddamn place. And I don't know if they can overcome it. And I think that's the real shame. But back to the original question, they're going to do another one. Sony has been very clear, and a lot of companies are very clear that they don't make one-off games. They don't make games to be one-off. Now, Sony's not implicit about that. Like, say, Activision would be yeah, or Activision Ubi or whatever. Serialize everything. But I don't think you go into any game, even The Last of Us, and be like, this is it. You know, sure. The Last of Us was left open for a sequel and it's going to get one. You know, and um, the order was left wide open for a sequel and it's going to get one. You to know? jump way back to topic two, I have a prediction for E3 and that it'll be at E3 this year during the PlayStation press conference. They'll talk about PlayStation Plus and how great it is and they'll add the order. Mm. Mm. Could be. I, I, I think Ready at Dawn is fine. I think that they, they're not in the, the family. They're not going to be in the family. I think that if Sony's identifying new studios to buy, it's got to be someone like Quantic Dream or Housemark. Um, but they'll be fine and they'll move on and they'll do a different game if they don't do this. They're not going to close down. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But I do think that their next game will be the sequel to this game. And I think that it's... I think this game's good for for some good sales, but I agree it's going to underperform. And when I, like I said with Pactor, like when he was like, the game could sell up to 5 million copies. I don't think that's possible. I, I just don't... 
I don't see how that can be be possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. maybe maybe he you know he's a very smart man. I mean, maybe he you know, he obviously knows a lot, but I don't know. He has no. It's just an interesting. It's an interesting story, man. Like the, the whole thing with the order, the whole the whole journey with this game has been really weird. And I think that like from the from the get go, it's been fucking weird. You know? Yeah. The way they reveal. For, I mean, let's go back. Right. The game leaks in spring twenty thirteen at a trademark filing. No one knows what the hell it is. Right. It, it leaks at the same time as like other names, like Entwined and shit like that. I think. Then they show that trailer D three, right? And yeah. the trailer looks cool, and they're like, "It's ready at dawn." They bill Santa Monica really highly. People are confused that they think Santa Monica's working on the game. They're not. Santa Monica's X Dev is like helping produce the game. Then I see it behind closed doors at E three. They never show the game, and this was like one of the most infuriating things <laughs> I that I. This. They don't show the game. I go to a meeting and they show me the same trailer, and then they give me five minutes to talk to them. I've never seen anything like this before, and I was like, okay. Um, and I wasted all my time being like, "Is it a shooter?" And they're like, yeah, I'm like, first is, it a, is it a first person shooter? And they're like, no, I'm like, third person. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, so it takes place in, eight, it takes place in 1886. Yeah, and it's a London. And they're like, all right, time's up. And I'm like, you could have just shown me literally 10 seconds of the game and that would have answered all of those questions. Yeah. Okay. Then I go to Gamescom later that year. And again, we have a behind closed door demo. And I'm like, all right, now we're going to see the game. And so I get there and I sit there and they have a demo running in a white room, no, no textures, with Galahad in there shooting shit. To show like how the physics work, and then he goes into like a courtyard. I don't even think it's in the game, and they're like shooting pots and pans, and going like this is how the game interacts, and this is how the engine works. And I'm like, why are these pans in the courtyard? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is very impressive. This is when they talk about you know their 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 uh, dedication to the history of the game, and they went to London and they talk about the figure. Okay, I'm like, all right, that's cool, fine. It's not until January of the next year that we even see the game. When we see the game, it is in terrible shape. You know, yeah. it's not running well. It looks con- contrived and boring. Vince and I, because I, 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 I remember, I, I remember clear as day t- turning to Vincent and being like, "Is this good?" You know, and he's like, "I'm like, I'm like, I don't really know if this is good." You know, something like that. And he's like, "No, it's not." Yeah. And then I wrote my preview. Everyone attacked me for it. Then, um, that footage leaks. Everyone sees that the game's running poorly. Then we see it at E3 with the Lycan demo in the in the library or whatever, or in the 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 hospital. Yeah, when he's chasing you, which looks awesome. Then we see. So it's like it's 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 it was always weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always weird. And now it is still weird. You know what I mean? Like, at the end. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the very end, this happens. It's like, man, like, what a weird game. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's you know, true. No, 100%. Like, you really think about it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, how weird do you think this game is? Are you enjoying it? Let us know in the comments. And once you beat it, let us know what you think about a sequel, if you want a sequel, and what you want from that sequel. This has been the first ever episode eight of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Stay tuned next week for the first ever episode nine. And until then, I fucking love you. As I stare into Greg's Yeah, I was going to say, me? You like the listeners? I love you Greg. Lo- you love listeners? I love Greg. Do you love the listeners? I love them too. Right, but I love, you know, everyone equally. Okay. Yeah. So don't feel weird.